Absolutely. And you want the people you are building the programs for to help you build the program. It, you're going to get the best result if you have input from the people it is made for. And that is so important. And sometimes that's hard to do, but with opportunities like we see right now with virtual or just the, the changing of needing to be in person for every single meeting, I think we're going to see that change. Hey there, I'm Megan, and you're listening to Better Product. We recently explored the future of work and talked about the products that make virtual projects not only possible, but delightful. If you serve on a nonprofit board, it's likely you felt the cultural shift a bit more. Most boards meet only a few times a year, and they do this in person. So I spoke with Krista Martin, Vice President of Growth at Boardable, to understand how their platform is helping boards be more flexible with the changing times and also more accessible to the communities they serve. Today in the Better Product Studio, we're joined by Krista Martin from Boardable. She's a VP of Growth. I'll let her give a little bit more background on what Boardable does and what her role there. Great to be here, Megan. So Boardable, we do board management and meeting software for nonprofits. We also work with for-profit boards. And what's really fun about our story, our nonprofit founders started this company for nonprofit board members themselves. So it's, it's really fun how, it's, how we've grown. And now sitting in the VP of growth position, I get to find new opportunities across the business to make our users experience better and to find ways that we can grow. So really excited to talk to you today. That's great. Yeah, thanks for being on. I know that Boardable does have this mission that's grounded in, in nonprofits, and they are your primary audience right now. Could you tell us a little bit more about how the product has evolved and, and what you've been seeing, the features and value that for-profit companies are also getting out of it? So when we first started, we started working with United Way in central Indiana, and we were able to see the problems in front of them that there was not a really good software solution for managing a board. A board is a really interesting, it has interesting workflows, different problems that you don't typically have in an organization where all of the users have the same email domain and, and maybe they're seeing each other in an office and not meeting only a few times a year. So there's this interesting problem set that we got to start solving. And when we started building the product, it was very much in helping with the preparation for meetings. So the scheduling, finding a date between really busy people, that can take hours of someone's time and building tools around that, as well as agenda building, minutes making, document storage. So that's really where we started is in that preparation phase. And as we've advanced the product and we've grown in the problems that we're solving, we're now tackling the meeting experience itself and the follow-up. So we have different features that actually help you run meetings and then follow up and make sure accountability is the forefront of every single meeting you're in. So that's kind of how we've been moving. And COVID has been a big catalyst for innovation for us, especially in that in-meeting experience, going from in-person to fully virtual and now hybrid. It's changed a lot. Yeah. So I, I'd love to hear more about that because it sounds like you were solving a very specific problem with Boardable pre-COVID. And I imagine like most companies, COVID affected the way that Boardable either operated itself or the way that it was solving problems for its customers. So how did you all transition during that time? What were the big changes that came out of that? And, and where are you looking now? At the start of the pandemic, so back in March of 2020, we were a team of about 20. And we were all in Indianapolis. 
We had work from home Tuesdays. So we did have like a little bit of a remote muscle. But once the pandemic happened, everyone went remote. And since then, we're now a company of 50. So the way we have changed how we work is is pretty big. And having to feel that pain of how do you have the right mix of meetings and the communication that changes when you're not in person, what process you have to put in place is, is very different. So we've had to learn. And then with our nonprofit customers, many of them in their bylaws had written that they have to meet in person. So this virtual muscle was not there. They did not know what to do. So we, we actually got to work with a lot of organizations who were saying, help, how do I do this? And got to partner with them. And, and maybe it wasn't just Boardable as a solution, but how do we help them think differently in terms of the digital experience of a board rather than you know the printed packets at the meeting and the room that you're having to reserve? So it's changed a lot for both us as a company, which helps us, I think, serve our customers better, uh, but also for our customer base, it's they're having to deal with a lot more. And that can be really stressful. One of the biggest learnings I had about boards is something you mentioned, which is that they are so used to meeting in person, even potentially have it in the bylaws that these meetings have to happen in person. These board members are used to having physical, tactical pieces of paper in front of them that they can, and, you know, being across the table from their counterparts, and it only happens a couple times a year. So that in-person piece, I remember you saying is a big part of that engagement, like being able to engage the board happening in person. So what all have you been doing at Boardable then to make hybrid work more acceptable for in, in the board space? Is that something you've been, or virtual or hybrid? I know now it must have been virtual about a year ago. We're kind of moving down that hybrid route. What have you been doing to promote uh, the acceptability of that? We're seeing it all. We're, we, we saw a big spike in in-person meetings again, and now we're seeing hybrid and virtual. We have it all across the board from our customers. So what we're doing is we're really dialing in on that experience of, one, it can be intimidating to log into any new platform, let alone when your face is going to be on it. So how do we make sure what we're presenting in that board meeting, which is very formal, it's different than what we're doing right now, right? Where it's very conversational and there's a, a formal agenda and there are decisions that need to be made. So what we're doing in our product is making sure everyone is showing up with the resources that they need. They can read them beforehand. They can take notes. They can come prepared. And so when you're actually on a screen, whether you're hybrid or all virtual or even in person, you have everything you need coming in. And then that agenda um, in our spotlight, we actually show the agenda on the left hand of the screen right next to our video. And so if you're in person, you can have it up on a screen while all of your remote calling, they see the same thing. So it's, it's really big. You can check off the items that you're going through so everyone's on the same page. We also have things like chat that with Zoom you lose. So part of a meeting, like the context is everything. Uh, questions that are asked or even if you're motioning something, all of that record keeping is paramount. And it can be difficult in person to actually have all those records. So there are real advantages of having a digital presence, even if you're in person, of documenting all these things that are happening. So all of that meeting activity, you can revisit. If you weren't able to attend, you can see what happened. And, and it's actually unlocking a lot of new opportunities for boards to say, oh my gosh, I can go and find someone that's not right in our direct community. Say you're a board and you have maybe an alumni so association. You want people from across the U.S. who went 
to your certain school and and you want them to have the opportunity to give back because they care and they want to give back before it wasn't always an opportunity. So now with this hybrid option and, and nonprofits really realizing that you can make a bigger impact with the flexibility of hybrid or virtual meetings, it's going to open up a lot of opportunities for people to give back in ways that they haven't been able to before. Yeah, that's great. That kind of gets it. My next question, which is going to be, this might be kind of obvious, but to our listeners who sit on boards or may want to be on a board someday, or who even who answer to boards, why should they be embracing these hybrid board opportunities? How can this improve how boards operate? I'll give an example. So um, I was a young professional. I had just moved to Indianapolis. I wanted to plug into my community, but I didn't quite know how. So my network wasn't large. I knew a few people and it was really hard to find the opportunities on a board that was right for me, where I was at in my career, what I could offer and, and really find the biggest impact I could have. So I went to Twitter, I found a board seat and I joined a board. I loved it. I really liked being able to engage on that level, bring some of my technology background to an organization that needed that skill set. Uh, what became really difficult for me as a new mom, so I had my first child during this time, the board meetings were from 6 to 7. P.M. P.M., yeah. yeah. <laughs> 6 to 7 p.m. And in my situation, I didn't have family in the area because I had just moved here and my my partner was working. So at times, I, I could not be there physically because maybe my son was going to sleep. But I could have been on that meeting. I could have been on that meeting in my home. Sure, maybe I would have had to mute every once in a while if he made noise. But I was not able to participate at the level I wanted to because of some of the the realities of being a new mom. And that doesn't make me a worse board member, right? You want that representation, especially if the nonprofit you're running, that's your community. You always want your board to reflect the community you're serving. And if you're not able to do that because of accessibility to the meeting itself, it's a real uh, miss for both your board and the organization itself. So I think this hybrid and virtual experience that people can have access, they need internet, right? And and now with, with the pandemic, it's it's much more easy to access places where you can get on the internet and they can participate and they can make a difference. That is something that really resonates with me. And I think that one thing that COVID taught us is that hybrid is doable, where it, it seemed like this like really difficult to overcome, like remote work or hybrid work seemed like something companies didn't even want to touch. And then COVID made everybody have to approach it. And now that we all know it's doable, it's opening a lot more doors like the ones you're describing. It is. I think it is important to have those in-person touch points just to keep that relationship. Um, sometimes it can feel pretty formal on a video conference where you don't get that before and after chatter. But you can work around that too. If you're not having to plan every single thing in person for your board, you get to make the ones that are in person a lot more special and they feel more meaningful. So I, I think it's going to be something we continue to discover of how to create a culture for your board when you're only meeting four times a year. Because it's it's an interesting problem to solve. It's hard. It's a group of people who care deeply and who need to make a huge impact that don't get to spend a lot of time together. And how to continue to put experiences in front of those people who allow them to do better work is really what we're out there to do. So the show's better product. I love that we're talking about mission, vision, your vision for helping nonprofits, your vision for changing the way that boards operate and for including more people in them. 
and really embracing hybrid work opportunities. How are you as VP of growth working with the product team to make sure that Boardable's actual product supports these goals and and this vision? I've worked at a couple of product companies and it's so hard to get access to your end user sometimes where they're not maybe willing to give you feedback or jump on a call and find more about their world. And we just don't have that problem. We're very lucky. Our customer base is always willing to give us feedback and we do get to incorporate it, which is very exciting for me as I I was running product at Boardable and now as the VP of growth of understanding how to get more usage out of what we have today So that's really what I'm looking to do is make sure the features we're building are really giving the outcome that user is looking for. What outcome are you you wanting for your board? And maybe they don't always have that answer and they might think it will be in a certain feature that they've seen before. And and our job is to really package up what tools are needed to, uh, to really get to that outcome. So as a VP of growth, I got to talk to my customers all the time. I also need to figure out how to relay the value that they might not know a tool like ours could provide to them. Yeah, that's great. What have you found is maybe the best or the most surprising feature or function of the Boardable product that supports hybrid work? Our document center is really important for boards. So boards, like I mentioned earlier, they're organizationally diverse, which means you and I, we don't belong to the same organization. So our email domains are different, our Google Drive or Dropbox, whatever we use to store all of our information, we're in two separate places. And then your nonprofit or your board itself, the staff has a whole different place that they work in their day-to-day lives. And so often what's happening is when someone maybe rolls off the board, a lot of that information is going with them. And there's not one place to go and easily get caught up and onboarded easily as a board member. Like, where do you go? I have to go to this email chain that I received six months ago to view these documents. Or you have to make requests of the staff for documents, which actually takes more of the staff's time. And they should be doing other work than giving you documents you've received before. So our document center, as simple as it sounds, a place that everyone can go and it's the record of all of the historical uh, activity of the organization. And obviously the strategic plans going forward can always be accessed is such a huge, interesting problem that we solve. And it's a document center. I imagine that levels the playing field too, that everybody has the same information as each other in one place. It does. There are some requests. It can be difficult being a company like ours where we are playing in quite a few different spaces. So document center, people think Google Drive, why don't you do everything that Google Drive does? And sometimes it's the simplicity of it. We aren't live editing in documents, but the final version, you can find it in our document center. And that is the one that's supposed to be kept for record keeping. And that is actually what they need, which might not be the same for a business like mine, where we are iterating on this document forever. It's a it's a living document. And so there are those use cases that simplicity is actually the best option for a lot of these boards. So when people come in or they leave, there's not all these questions on where things live. So based on what you've been telling me, it seems that a really great value prop of Boardables is that uh, you all are working to make boards and board meetings more diverse and more equitable. As a board, it seems kind of obvious maybe to you and me, but why would I want to embrace that? It's been a topic, a very hot topic in the nonprofit space about 
the difficulties of, of creating a board that looks like who you are serving. So often right now, if you if you want a seat on a board, you have to know someone in your network who happens to serve on the board a lot of the time. Uh, there's not a really easy place to go and look at postings for boards and they, they exist, but they're not really obvious to most people who are looking for that. So diversity is just hard to come across when you're just tapping from the same networks over and over and over again. And also, I think board service can come across as a one size fits all. And that's not true either. So one, it's it's just helping everyone be aware of what kind of boards are out there and how you can make an impact. And then two, making them accessible. So if you don't know how to engage or get on a board or a board doesn't know how to make it accessible for you to serve on, we're just not creating a system that's working. So big problem. There's a lot of studies out there that um, it's not moving. We're not making progress. And I do think that this world of virtual space and making it more flexible for anyone to come and join on a board is going to help. But there still has to be the emphasis that that is important. If the board itself isn't making that part of their strategic plan to make their board look more like the community they're serving or be intentional about who you are putting on your board, right? Technology can't solve that problem, but technology can help it happen a lot faster. And I think that's what we're doing. And I've heard from a couple of customers who are realizing that and they're able, they're so excited and they're saying it's opening up so much for us. And yes, we don't get to be in person. And sometimes that doesn't feel as good, but the impact we're having is bigger because we're able to go and find people that we weren't able to before because it's now online and they can access it. And they don't have to be in the community physically at the time of the meeting to make an impact. Yeah, that's great. You touched on something that like what digital products do is that once you as a company or as a person make the decision to do something, digital products help you do it faster or better or more efficiently. Yeah. Could you tell me a little bit more about um, boards or the concept of a board being maybe like one size fits all, or that's kind of the assumption. I know when I first thought of boards before I got into board management software, I thought of very elite fundraising, that you have to be someone who is able to raise tens of thousands of dollars for an organization, and that was the value you could bring. And there are absolutely positions out there that that is really important. There are people who have the networks that for them, that is the way they can make the biggest impact. But there are other boards who are more of a working board and they are looking for maybe some skill gaps. So if their staff isn't as big as they'd like it to be, maybe it's important for them to find a board member who has marketing expertise. And this board member can come in and help strategically define how this nonprofit can move forward from a marketing perspective. So there are all sorts of different skills matrices that each nonprofit has. When they're looking for board members, they're trying to fill those gaps and they are out there. There are a lot of small nonprofits that are still needing work to be done. Also, if you're becoming an ambassador of a nonprofit, it is important to you to try to find ways to fundraise as well. So I think it might always be an aspect if you're trying to help a nonprofit survive, which they have to get funding. So being a part of that is important, but there are other ways you can you can help. But I guess the common misconception or um, previous understanding is that all boards do is fundraising or money managing or you know that type of thing. And when in reality, 
having diverse perspectives on a board can help you solve different problems for different companies. All nonprofits, all companies have their own problems or their own goals. And there are different people who are suited to be helping them achieve those goals or solve those problems. Absolutely. And you want the people you are building the programs for to help you build the program. You're going to get the best result if you have input from the people it is made for. And that is so important. And sometimes that's hard to do, but with opportunities like we see right now with virtual or just the the changing of needing to be in person for every single meeting, I think we're going to see that change. Maybe I have an idea for another digital product that maybe you and I can go spin off, which would be um, matching for boards who need members in seats and people who want to be on boards. Yeah, this is Jeb and I way in the beginning. So our CEO, I was employee number two, and and that was part of our, our vision. And, and part of our passion here is it's so important to help that happen because people are wanting to do good and people generally, not everyone, but often want to give back to the things that are surrounding them and the people they care about. And and it's hard. It's really hard to do in, in this part of the world, board service. And it shouldn't be that hard. It should not be that hard to try to give back. Thanks for joining us. And if you haven't yet, be sure to join the Better Product Community. We've got all sorts of content and resources for you. And if you want more audio, don't forget... The Business of Product is our latest show to join the Better Product Network, and you can find that and more at betterproduct.community.